The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning, and uh, we've had a... <laughs> A little bit of technical difficulties. Some of that is due to Zoom. I don't know what's going on with Zoom. Um, hadn't had a problem up until yesterday when we had Kate on uh, with people connecting uh, with a password that I use for every one of my, my meetings. So we had a little, we're having a little trouble today. Today is going to be a two-hour show. So if you're listening by Red Tech Talk Radio you want to catch the second hour, you'll want to catch, not jump over on our YouTube because YouTube, believe it or not, removed our content that we covered uh, for the other day for Trafalgar Square and Donald Trump and the the transsexual who's going to be at his Doral Resort at the Amp Fest and um, gave a strike sometime during the night. Now, that's been a couple of days, and they did that during the night. Now, I have to go over there. They obviously didn't do it to the setting brush fires on YouTube. So we're over there if you're looking for YouTube or beforeitsnews.com. Um, I've got us up over there. You can catch us there. And then we're on the usual outlets of my Twitter account, FPP Tim. Um, we're on Sons of Liberty Media.com as well as uh, Periscope at Setting Brush Fires, Twitch at Setting Brush Fires, Facebook at, Brad, at Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B. Dean, Sons of Liberty, and then finally DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And uh, in the midst of all this, we're trying to set up for Zoom. We've got Lynn for Rotten of the Core Wednesday, and then we've got another guest coming on in the second hour, um, civil rights activist Clarence Henderson. And some of you may know him from history. And uh, I believe he is, let me see if I can blow this up just a tad. He is one of these fine gentlemen who are uh, who is sitting in the um, diner here at a sit-in uh, for civil rights activism years ago. And so he's going to be joining us later on in the show, uh, I think around the second part of the show. Now, with that said, uh, we kind of had to do a rush here. So uh, Lynn is not able to join us by Zoom and neither will Clarence be able to. I hope she's going to be able to give him the call-in number, and I hope this is going to work 
okay. So we're I'm gonna have to manipulate stuff behind the scenes, and this is what happens when you're a uh, you know the one man band here. You got to do it all. You don't have anybody you can pass it off to. So bear with me in this. You guys watching the video, the guys on the radio, you won't see, you won't know a thing. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the U.S. perestroika, uh, perestroika uh, the new indoctrination into socialism and social justice. This is what's coming into the education system. You're wondering why your kids are turning out like uh, an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, uh, promoting socialism, um, when they don't apply it to them, their own selves. I mean, they're just not doing it to, for themselves. Um, you're wondering why the whole BLM concept, the Marxist part of that, not people actually wanting justice, but the the movement itself, what it's become, is what it is. Well, this is coming into the public school system. And on Rotten of the Gore Wednesday, this is what we talk about. And here to help me talk about that is the Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, hello. Well, you know, it's not just a one-man band. It's kind of a, you know, I'm on the same page. So I do understand when things mess up, and we'll just press on. But, you know, this is one of the things when you talk about things that folks don't, um, um, that uh, the evil one doesn't want us to get out there is, uh, you know, you have problems with technology. <laughs> well, that's true. It, it, this this is a, uh, it is a spiritual battle. Uh, that we're in, and these kinds yeah. of things do happen. But uh, let's not focus on that. We're gonna. I, I guess I'm gonna right. have to see if Absolutely. I can find Clarence's picture so I can throw him up here too. So that's a last minute change that we're gonna have to do. And uh, we appreciate you joining yeah. us. So we got a lot of stuff to cover here, and um, I mean, yes, you got two hours worth of stuff here. So let's get right. to it. <laughs> Let's get the ball rolling. Okay, so why don't we dig into the debate from last night? <laughs> uh, I've already told Holy you. I've already told you my view, and I didn't even have to watch it. Yeah, I didn't either because it was just you know I knew it was going to be a dog and pony show, and I knew from mm. the um, education platform for both Biden and Trump that it was going to be you know more of the same. It's not going to be any different. So why people are on the Trump train, I really really don't know. I would rather them be on say the Joe Jorgensen train or you know one of the other constitutionalists or one of the other ones who is a libertarian or someone who actually knows the Constitution and wants to honor the part that says, you know, the federal government has no business in the education system. No, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Lynn. The Constitution doesn't say that. It just doesn't say we give you any, it doesn't give any authority for that, right? <laughs> I mean, if it's not there. That's, that's right. Yeah, if yeah, it's not right. there. And we even have federal law, yeah. uh, U.S. Code 20, yeah. 1232A, that says no federal interjection whatsoever into education. But yet here we have both the sitting president and someone who was already a vice president who are going, oh, yeah, we're going to give you all the choice in the world. Well, they did not read Every Student Succeeds Act. Neither one of them did. In fact, I know from research that Joe Biden was in bed with the big unions to sell out education under Obama by Obama's uh, bid and call to get education to be nothing but workforce training. And we have seen from research in all our shows, Tim, where Trump is going, oh, no, give us more STEM. Give us more workforce-based education. Yep. Give Doing us more career-based education. 
the same thing. He's doing the same thing. And by the yeah. way, I, I did mention, oh, yeah. I did mention to friends last night that I would uh, would make mention of this, guys. I didn't want. I don't watch the debate. There, we haven't had a, polit- a real political debate in this country in decades. Okay, yeah. we we haven't. I know. Um, here, I know. here's. I haven't even seen it, and I can tell you what it was. Here's Trump. Oh yeah. I'm the greatest, hugest, hugest. Sorry, hugest. Most lovable, most fantastic, most worshipful, the best, never before in human history president. And everything I've done in my time in office has never been done before in history. Nothing like it will ever occur again. And did I mention I'm the very best at this job or any other for that matter? And Joe Biden's response is, what were we just talking about? You see, the, the, it's about sound bites. So we don't want people to get caught up in that. We want them to see the well, reality of what is being done. And as you just said, Trump is doing nothing any different. In education, Mm-mm. as far as what he does, what he says may sound good to you, but it's the definitions and what's being done there that you have to pay attention to. And so with that uh, said, let's get into a lot of this documentation about the fact that the Trump administration, ha- they have been, uh, for his entire time in office, been pushing the same globalist agenda in education despite the claims of America First. It's not as we took several, a couple of shows to show his wife and his daughter have been pushing these things as well. Right. Let me just throw in one thing last night. Okay. okay. I chose not to watch the debate because I knew it was going to be a dog and pony show. I'm watching a movie, right? Guess what happens on the satellite feed? I'm getting ads for not just Biden, but for Trump. And the ads were off the charts going, I saved college football. I saved the world peace because I, I helped people sign this new Abraham Accord. So don't tell me the propaganda is not off the charts. Well, I think this ties right into the um, the things that we talked about before with the fascism, too, as to what they're feeding you. They're data mining, and then they're, they're feeding you this stuff that they want you um, to have. And so this is tied right in with the companies. Of course, every year we see the political ads. That's, that's just to go for, but, uh, but the push, the push here for all of that is geared towards you as a person. And, um, so I'm not surprised by that at all. Oh, I wasn't either. It was just like, holy cow, look, I chose not to get into this, but yet here it is. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Okay. So the perestroika is a Russian word, so folks know, okay? That is a Russian word for restructure. And you and I have been talking for, oh my goodness, what seems like forever, Tim, about the restructure. But it wasn't until I got to digging into the healthcare aspect of uh, what some of what we're going to talk about that I saw this word actually pop up and understood its meaning and then the pattern that we're seeing it just it was like it fit like a glove right right okay so i'm going to show this is um this is the start here and lynn likes to play around with colors and stuff she's got really really blue eyes in this it won't be a political or economic (laughs) rendering which brings america to its knees but a combined effort of both on education. And this goes back to um, uh, Khrushchev's, was it Khrushchev, I believe, who said that they were going to defeat America, the the communists, were going to defeat America without firing a shot. And folks, they're, they've, they're doing it. They're doing it right in front of your face. 
and you're too caught up in the oh, WWE yeah. match in DC to see what they're doing to you. You you think one guy's the good right. guy out of it? I mean, it's just it's absolutely incredible. It really is. All right, so Lynn, what are we what are we looking yeah. at here? Because this is your new article um, called mm-hmm. uh, "Educratic Perestroika: uh, The Restructuring." So, what do you got here? Right. Okay. What we're looking at is this centers around the Centers for Medicaid Services, Medicaid and Medicare Services, and they've just announced that thirty three states are going to be getting funds for supposedly exclusively um, helping the elderly and the disabled in COVID relief. But what is happening is that they are the target groups and these grants are are coming at the states. And what they're going to do is they're going to increase the amount of community and home-based services. Now, where this hits education is through your special needs population and any person who has any sort of funding or service for, say, autism, speech therapy, um, um, or any of those kinds of, of things that go in with or dovetail with education into healthcare. And if you'll remember, what have I said in the Every Student Succeeds Act? The Department of Health and Human Services, which the Center for Medicaid and Medicare falls under, and the National Institutes for Health, they got one of the biggest power increases um, besides the Department of Education for expressly this kind of thing. Right. Let me address something uh, real quickly before we move on. And we start presenting the evidence here. Um, We've got some friends in the chat room who says, we are truly for education. They're supporting Donald Trump and this, that, and the other. And I've asked the question. Uh Oh, oh, I've asked the question. uh, You're for federal control of education uh, because what you're getting is indoctrination and it's illegal. It's unconstitutional. It's a violation of law. So if you're supporting that, you're supporting the lawlessness of this administration, just like the lawlessness of previous ones who do this. And this is part of the problem, Lynn, at the Sons of Liberty, the standard is the Bible and the Constitution. Where the Constitution doesn't conform to what God's Word says, we need to make it conform. And the fact of the matter is, the Constitution has given no authority, this is what we are hitting a a minute ago, no authority for the federal government to be involved in education. And the Bible is very clear, Deuteronomy 6. Education is the responsibility of parents. It is not, it takes a village to raise your children deal. It doesn't do that. And so I I just wanted to address that because I I think maybe, I don't know if they're they're new listeners or new watchers, but that's what the Ninth and Tenth Amendments are for. If If we didn't enumerate it, under the General Welfare Clause, because the General Welfare tells what it is, it says this is what you can do, and then it enumerates that. It enumerates it down under that. That's what those things are. Welfare has nothing to do with, you know, taking care of baby mamas right. and all this other stuff. It isn't about that. What it's about is it says, this is what you're going to do for the general welfare of the country, and it enumerates those things, 18 to 21 things, depending on how you count them out. Right, absolutely. And what we're seeing happen, though, is a violation of, I believe it is the 14th Amendment, where it says, you know, you're not supposed to have indentured servitude. And that is exactly what um, 
Obama's administration, well, you can trace it back. Um, I know we've we've talked about this before, but you can trace it all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. But it really ramped up when Eisenhower got into it, and every president since then, including our sitting one, has done nothing but um, ramp the uh, indentured servitude up with this career track stuff that we're seeing happen, which is one of the things that this new announcement from the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare is uh, ramping up, is it's going to tie into the skill-based education. Now, how it does it is not really apparent until we look at this total restructure, because what it's going to do is it's targeting, uh, it says it's supposed to be in the name of saving our elderly in the nursing homes, which we absolutely need to do because this is absolutely terrible what is happening to these people and their families. But it is also going back and taking in our children. And it's going back, you can tie it in through some of the documentation that we will show or that you'll have in the archives from the National Institutes for Health, how it ties back into not only the former Soviet Union health care plan, but the current EU um EU or European Union uh, Copernicus program that is tied to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development's Skill-Based Human Capital Program. Okay. All right. Let's start taking a look at some of these things, Lynn. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. You tell me where you're going since I can't see anything this morning. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Well, the first thing you've got up here is your article on uh, the, the restructuring uh, and then you want to use right. certain images and things like that. So, uh, okay, pick your place you want all to start. Right. So, if you would, yeah, if you, all right. So you've already shown the quote about the politics and yes. economics, which absolutely is what's happening. If you'll go to the next one, it looks like a wheel or a hub. That was one that our wonderful friend Anita Hogue put out eons ago. She found in documentation, I believe it was from the seventies, of what our government had planned for schools to turn into, now not just for public school students, and I really, really wish that even independent media would get. This is not just about our public school students. This is about every choice, every student, no matter where you're going to school, including homeschooling. And this is one of the things that Anita and Charlotte Iserbite and, and several others have warned us about. And that is that the school is a hub for your neighborhood or your community where all these services wrap in. And that's one of the things that the Centers for uh, Medicaid and Medicare are pulling in is using the school as the hub for all these sorts of services that tie education and health care together so that it can create that nanny state-itis that we've been talking about or that restructure that the uh, Soviet Union was talking about. Okay. All right. So we've got this, this model for promised neighborhoods. And for those who are listening by Red State Talk Radio, um, you basically have pulling out from the family into all these different areas. Um, Ms. Hodge's uh, visual explanation of the hub and again, this will be at the archives. If you want to find the archives, when I mention that, that's at sonsoflibertymedia.com. It'll be a, it'll be set up like an article, and that goes up. You know, sometimes hopefully I get it up by lunch, but sometimes it takes a little longer depending on how far I get behind with other things that are going on. 
but SonsLibertyMedia.com is where we um, where we post these. The Title I funding will be one of the main funding streams, is what it says. Look at the social-emotional aspects. The true whole child, quote-unquote. Learning has been destroyed by the Common Core machine here. There, there's just no... The, the, the thing is, is when they talk about school choice people, they're appealing to your baser uh, nature. Oh, you're, you're, you're really for me having freedom and a choice. No, a choice where you go, but it's not a choice of the outcome of what you're going to get, right? It, 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 that's really what they're getting right. to, right? Right. Yeah, when you hear when you hear the old worn out thing of okay, we have to educate beyond zip codes. All right. Yeah, supposedly the federal government's going to educate beyond zip codes, but what is happening is the only choice that parents are going to get through the education savings accounts that Trump is wanting to um to uh, uh, put into place through all the other garbage that is out there by the federal government. The only choice you're going to get is the location, the 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 things that are taught, the systems that are in place will not be any different. And as far as the education savings accounts goes, and and the choice, page 17 of every student succeeds at, and oh my gosh, I wish we had this on a t-shirt, Tim, because we could probably say this in our sleep. All education must be aligned to the same post-secondary readiness standards as laid out in the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. It goes on in other pages to say that all teachers, all educators, have to be aligned to those same standards. So how does anyone listening or listening to the archives or watching ever think that choice is going to mean uh, 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 going to mean anything when you say that all education, and this is encompassing not public schools, okay, public schools, private schools, parochial schools, home schools, adult education, pre-K education, this is across the board. And I don't know how many times we have to say that for people to absolutely understand that neither our president or the other supposed uh, choice that you have in Biden are going to ever remove this because they can't because the system has been so um, um, overloaded with indoctrination from the United Nations that it, it's not it's not where we're going to be rid of it unless we have an absolute true revolt and repeal of laws like Every Student Succeeds Act, which violates the Constitution and several other federal laws. I agree with that. I agree with that. And there's got to be more to it. I mean, we've we've got to start dealing with these criminals who are usurping the Constitution to push this kind of stuff through in in the first place. Now, you've got something else here right. from CMS, uh, CMS, CMS News. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, federal funding for 33 states to support transitioning individuals from nursing homes to the community. Uh, what does that have to do with any of this? <laughs> okay, if you look in the e- okay, so that particular announcement 
says, okay, it's going to be nursing home people who are being transitioned back into the community. It's in the home community-based services, and you have to look at what those services are to understand those overreach into education. And if you look at some of the documentation that we have, Tim, for the archives and for the, the people who are, are waking up to this, you will see uh, documentation from like 2014, I believe it is, where they're showing the targets are not our elderly people, they're our children. This is incredible. This is well. I, I don't know what any of this has to do with education, though. It doesn't, but yep. that's the point. Right. Because it doesn't really have anything to do with education. You still have evidence that your federal government is overreaching in places that it shouldn't. Yep. And it's going through services like speech therapy, occupational therapy that are offered to our children who have special needs. It's going into career track education for those who will be in some sort of health care system to minister to the elderly or the disabled. So we're once again seeing targeted populations, much like we saw in Nazi Germany, where we had targeted populations that the government's going after. Well, yeah, and this is what I think people can't seem to understand. They understand whatever side of the political aisle they're on. You know, if they're watching MSNBC, they're going to get this view. If they're watching CNN, they're going to get this view. If they're watching Fox, they're going to get this view. And they can pick their other outlets. Some people are considered alternative media, and they're still tied in with that whole two-party system thing. And whatever those people tell them is is their perspective on things. And they're not looking at the law. And this is the thing about this show: we're not considered about we're not concerned about who's on the right or the left. We're concerned about who's on the straight and narrow because we should be united around the law. And if we're united around the law, we can see clearly who the lawbreakers are and bring them to justice. This is part of the problem, though, um, you know, and not to get off on a tangent here, uh, Lynn, but, you know, this report that comes out from the intelligence community about Hillary Clinton and Brennan briefing Obama and all this, you know, we've known this stuff for years. This is not really anything new. It's just confirmation of stuff we've known. But I ask you, America... Whether you support Biden or Trump, whether you're a diehard Trump, I ask you, where's the justice in this? Because the president's job, Article 2, Section 3, is to make sure the laws are faithfully executed. Where they've been executed against these criminal politicians? They haven't. They haven't. And there's a good reason they haven't. It's because you're being led by controlled opposition. This is the problem. <laughs> this is the issue here. So... The same thing is happening in education. As Lynn has pointed out, she took all the Democrat platform and she said, here's what they're doing in education. We covered all that. Then she took the Trump administration and she said, here's what the Trump, she says, no difference in this area of education. They're still pushing a globalist uh, agenda to turn you and your kids and your grandkids into a communist workforce. It, and you guys cheer about jobs. Oh, Trump gave us jobs. Trump Trump didn't give you jobs. The president, it, look, we say this. You guys get it when a Democrat's in office and he says, well, we created jobs. You go, no, the president doesn't do that. But when a Republican's in the office, you guys go, oh, yeah, he created jobs. No, he didn't. It's not his job to create jobs either, and nor can he do it. And yet this all is coming into this idea of education. This is what Lynn has been educating us on. 
is that this, and it isn't just this, Lynn, you've talked about ultimately this is going to determine where you get a house or if you get a house. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And Absolutely. a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and that's part of what this new grant or these new grants for the 33 states are supposed to do is it's supposed to create a public-private partnership between Medicaid, Medicare, and the Housing and Urban Development um, Department for public-private partnerships to create housing for um, the, supposedly just the elderly and the disabled. But again, it's go, it, when you look at all the documentation and you see the targeted groups are not just the elderly and the disabled, but those who are in school, those who are just out of school, you're going to see that this, again, is setting up a many state that is almost lock, stock, and barrel from the former Soviet Union. Yeah. Well, I'm showing the uh, the fourth image you had there of the healthcare map. And <clears throat> right. this, is, this is the amazing part, folks. And I want you to get how you've been baited in this. You know, when Obama came in, he was doing nothing more than what Hillary Clinton wanted to do back in the, what was it, the 90s. She wanted nationalized health care. Now, we know that Donald Trump, before he went into office, he was for universal health care. He talked about how great the Canadian system is. If you don't believe me, put it in, put it in your search engine. It is still available. I think it was MSNBC who was interviewing him on that. And he was all for it. They asked him, are you for universal health care? And he says, yes. And he talked about how great the Canadian system was. Okay. So that hasn't changed. He gets in office and says, oh, we're going to repeal Obamacare. Blah, 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 blah. And then the Republicans want to fight about not really repealing Obamacare as much as replacing it with something that bears the Republican brand. And so Paul Ryan walked out with that. And oh, I mean, that just that led to nothing. Right. It led to nothing. You got an individual mandate, which mm-hmm. is great to get rid of. Don't get me wrong. But all of the structure is in place. All of the money is still going where it's going. Under Trump, it continues. Mm-hmm. Well, if we had a Republican mm-hmm. control, we had a Republican controlled House and, and, and Senate, and it did squat. It, it's like saying if we had a, if all the branches were controlled by, see, this is where we have to get out of the mindset, if you ask me, Lynn. We had that under G.W. Bush, and what happened? The greatest tyrannical piece of legislation in our history was passed by Republican controlled House, Senate, and White House. It's known as the Unpatriot Act. And yeah, it infringes absolutely. on liberties like you wouldn't believe. And, by the way, let me just point this out. Almost two decades later, this president, the guy sitting now, reauthorized it. He reauthorized it. He, the Congress passed it to him. The ones who say he's so dangerous and stuff, they gave him all this power, and he signed on to it. And he signed on to the U.S. Freedom Act, too. So the the game that's being played with us... Uh, on all these other levels is being played with us on the education level as well. Oh, absolutely. And see, education is the number one change agent. Now, this was by design from the United Nations. So when your U.S. government is using education as a change agent, where do you think they got the playbook from? It was the United Nations. And the reason why that healthcare map is so important is because every single bit of data that comes from either education, labor, or healthcare goes through that maze 
of organizations and it absolutely ends up at the United Nations. That's why you hear the government going, oh, we have innovations. Innovations, when the government uses it, Tim, is a buzzword to let you know they're increasing the data tracking and the data mining. And what is happening through this supposed COVID relief announcement is that the innovations that were already set up for the home and community-based services is going to use what's known as a continuum of care, but it's really a continuum of control because it will track your every move. And when you use Title I funds in education, this is one of the other things that people don't understand about every student that sees that. It reformulated Title I, which was supposed to target specific students for, for special needs, and it went from per student need to whole school need for the express use of social and emotional learning through the multi-tiered support system, the response to intervention, the positive behavior interventions, and all the other mental health garbage that we're seeing come through schools that have no business coming from anyone other than a certified medical mental health professional. Yeah, and even at that, boy, I'm beginning to wonder about some of that stuff too, Lynn. I, I got to tell you, this whole idea that the state certifies everybody, this is reminiscent of mm -hmm. Nazi Germany too. I mean, even to the point where they're right. having to certify, quote unquote, ministers of the gospel. Uh, th that's not their job. It's not, we didn't, I don't think we authorized any of that stuff in the Constitution. Right. I, I just don't think that, you know, right. the, the old phrase buyer beware kind of deal does apply in all of this. And um, I, I, the fact that people think government saves them, protects them from all of these things that can pop up, liars, deceivers, everything else. No, the, the law is there to point out who is one and to bring them to justice. It is not to uh, validate them. It is to, it is to, um, mm -hmm. it is to bring them to justice. So you've got this, um, of course, this new article out and you've got another one as well and this was on this is the other one that you have is on clarence henderson we're going to actually be posting that today at sons but you've got it at common core com, and he's going to be on with us hopefully shortly i hope you gave him the number here to call in so that we can have him because the yes, zoom I, I, I guess it's the chinese is that what it is since <laughs> it's zoom um i actually like zoom i like the uh the the format of it but of course it's, it's a it's a problem for us okay so Let's talk about a couple other things uh, before he comes on. Sure. Uh, what else do you got for sure. us here in in the imagery? Okay, if you would if you would show folks, um, I found this at the archives for the National Health, uh, excuse me, the National Institutes for Health from um, the Department of Health and Human Services. I actually found what their goal for the continuum of care is. Now, before I um, before you show that, let me just interject that according to the federal government, the continuum of care that these new um, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare services are going to roll out for the 33 states, um, they're supposed to say, oh, well, we're going to, you know, help take care of your, your seniors and your disabled. But um, they also go into detail that the continuum of care is actually a program from the Housing and Urban Development uh, department to wipe out homelessness. And if you'll show that, it's the... Um, 
Now I've got it's the, the sixth image. This okay. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the actual definition of what a continuum is. Yeah. This it's is not the one. about. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead and read it. Well, it's uh, creating okay. the continuum of care. And mm-hmm. it says the abstract is the continuum of care is a, con- a concept involving an integrated system of care that guides and tracks. Keep that in mind, folks. Guides and tracks patient over time through a comprehensive array of health services spanning all levels of intensity of care. This article presents a definition of continuum of care, including objectives, basic components, and operating principles. The purpose is to provide a concept that will encourage leadership by offering a vision for the future and providing a framework to guide day-to-day decision-making. What? What? Day-to-day decision-making mm-hmm. on health care? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, two case scenarios yeah. illustrate the effectiveness of the continuum of care concern, uh, concept in providing a framework for delivery of optimum health care to patient populations. Well, the obvious thing is, well, the Fourth Amendment says the people have a right to be secure in their persons. And so it doesn't matter what yeah. your a couple of uh, case case studies here are, or case scenarios are. The fact of the matter is the federal mm-hmm. government is not to be involved in any of this stuff. And do you see people? Do you see how these deceivers have got us into this right-left paradigm arguing about things they have no authority to be arguing about in the first place or talking about or legislating on? Right. That's what they're right. doing. If you would, back up. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you would, real quick, before we go to the other continuum, if you would show the target population. Okay. okay. Let's see. That was the one that was just before yep, the, I got it. The, the one you just showed. Yep, okay. Ahead. All right. If you would uh, let folks know those targeted populations exceed the supposed COVID relief for seniors and disabled. This is going after people who are in school or in uh, post-secondary education as well. Yeah, there's. Um, this reminds me of what the story we had out of the Pentagon, where they received COVID relief, and yet they're buying body armor and jet engines with that money—a billion dollars of your money, by the mm-hmm. way, America—under uh, the guise of COVID relief. Um, we've got target population: Indiana homeless individuals, individuals with a serious mental illness, Maryland MFP particip- uh, participants. What is the MFP? You want to clarify that for us? That is money follows the person. Okay, <laughs> really? That's what that stands know, for. Yeah, which, yeah, that's wow. that's exactly it. The money follows the person, which is what these education savings accounts that the Trump administration wants to trot out. That's what those are. They're pay for success fascism systems. Yep. All right. MFP participants, and this isn't the only state it's in. Individuals at risk of institutionalization. Uh, individuals with behavioral health conditions, homeless individuals eligible for HCBS, MFP uh, participants in Mississippi, individuals at risk of institutionalization, Oregon, oh yeah, well, communist Oregon, what can we expect? Individuals transitioning out of an institution, individuals living in group situations and transitioning to a more independent setting, 
Homeless in individuals at risk of institutionalization, individuals utilizing trauma centers, individuals being treated for behavioral health issues, youth in transition over 18 years of age, individuals receiving HCBS waiver services. In Texas, MFP uh, participants, individuals with serious mental illness, youth with disabilities transitioning out of foster care, Wisconsin, MFP participants, individuals at risk of institutionalization. And you've got here over here that you've written and read. In 2014, there were only six states used as testing grounds. I guess this, these states here for Medicaid yeah. housing partnerships. No, mm-hmm. These are the targeted groups of Americans. Now, here's the thing. Here, here's, the inter- here, here's where the disconnect is, Lynn. This stuff costs mm-hmm. money, right? I mean, money follows oh, the person, yeah. right? Okay, it costs money. Does the government just generate money out of thin air? Well, yes, it does through the Federal Reserve, but it puts it on your back, America, as a debt. Okay? Now, you're mad about your taxes being what they are. Well, then, why aren't you complaining about the funding of stuff like this from your government, which is unlawful? Why aren't you complaining about that and telling them, if you do this again, we're going to tar and feather you people, too. I, it doesn't make it not we're going to vote for you. Hey, Trump 2020. No, dude, get off of this thing here because it's unconstitutional and unlawful or we're going to kick your fanny out. This is this is the disconnect for people. They don't see the ties to what the administrations are doing, whether they're in the states or whether the federal government. They don't see this land. They don't see the connection there, and they want their taxes low. I want mine abolished as far as income tax. I don't. I don't even want to play that game with the federal government. Our our forefathers did it without income taxes. They have, folks. Go back and read your history. And we did it without the federal government too. We have constitutional money, gold and silver. That's what debts are to be paid for, paid in. They're not. They're paid in greenbacks, which are basically IOU notes from the Federal Reserve, which is monopoly money. It only has value because you think it has value. Now. When we get to these things, I think this is a perfect example of that kind of thing, too, even though it, I'm speaking not necessarily education. I'm talking about the mindset of people, of how they of how they disconnect what their agenda, what sounds good to them from what's actually happening and what it's costing them, their children, their grandchildren, and gener- possibly generations to come. Right, and I understand folks are not going to want to take the time to dig into what is a home and community-based service or how does this intersect with uh, with education. Uh, I understand they're not going to want to do that. They're going to want us to spoon-feed them. But one of the things that I love about the what we do is that we give the folks, we point the direction for where you need to look and so that you can make up your own mind about things instead of us going oh well here's exactly what you need to know and this is one of the things that we're seeing happen in education is that kids are being spoon-fed and again this is not just in public education this is in any sort of education we're even finding that these home and community-based services um um are are going in and using homeschooling yeah, well, we've got a question in the chat. This comes from Jennifer. And Jennifer, thank you for the question. She says, pick any one of those like a person with behavioral issues and tell us what will happen. Lynn? 
I'm sorry, do what now? She said pick any one of those, what I guess the, the people that we're talking about in the target population with a behavioral issue and yeah. tell us what will happen. What's going to happen to that oh, person? Oh, they're going, yeah, they're going to be conformed to a government outcome, not a personal best or a personal um, health care system or health care needs. They're going to be put into the system, and it's whatever the government-prescribed outcome is supposed to be for that. So it's going to be you're manipulated. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I assume it's going to be something like that. That's why the whole tracking and all the other stuff is there. So uh, hopefully that answered your question, um, Jennifer. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, okay. So we have a couple other things, and it just hit me. We can't have Clarence call in on this line, just letting you know. And I sent you a message on Facebook because I have to cut this line mm-hmm. off at 7 o'clock or we'll be talking over the next show. So this is going to present a real conundrum. I mean, I can bring you on Google, uh, the voice line there, but I don't know if we're going to be able to – if he can't get into Zoom, we're going to we're, – we're just not going to be able to do anything with it today. And um, Oh, yeah. goodness gracious. So that's just oh, – that's no. going to be the way it okay, is. Okay, let I, me see if I can – let me see if I could get up with him real quick. Um, yeah, that's fine. Right, you do that in, in the meantime. Okay. Let's talk about, let's let talk me, about let another me, thing where we can see. bring some stuff up here. All right. Um, the next thing I want you to show, if you okay. would, if people think that um, – and I appreciate Jennifer's question because, you know, that's an absolutely valid one. But okay. show the socialism continuum, okay? Okay. All right. We're up on that. All right. So why don't you – yeah, why don't you show folks where we are? Okay. Uh, the continuum of socialism and explanation. This comes from freezingon.com. And uh, let's see, you've got particular emphasis. I don't know what your emphasis is, but uh, uh, I guess we are here. Okay, sustainable energy, sustainable yep. manufacturing, free education, free health care. And again, these images will be up for those who can't see on Red State Talk Radio. But the, 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 the thing is, is who is, who is it for? Who, who, does this, who does this all pan out to? And ultimately... Socialism is this thing that continues to expand the gulf between the very rich and the very poor. No, I'm not against people being rich. Okay, And and people who are poor, it's the same thing as people rich. God makes men who they are in their sphere, so we have God to think whether we're rich or poor or free or bond or Jew or Gentile or any of that, male or female, we have God to thank for that, and we should be thankful to him for it. But the fact of the matter is we're seeing that, that gulf happening here in, the, in America. The middle class is being destroyed here in America, and as a result of that, you're getting a bigger and bigger gap, and who's profiting from that? Well, you've got the fascists. You've got corporate America who's joining forces with the government in order to make a lot of money off of you, and basically, your rights be damned. This is part of what I was talking about with the YouTube uh, taking off our video. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just incredible. And giving a strike, a community strike against Sons of Liberty when they didn't do the same thing on my channel, Setting Brush Fires. Mine's a little bitty channel. It's just sort of a backup channel, but it's what well, I was starting radio with last year. So they, they didn't do it for the same exact content because they're mirrored streams. And this is the same thing. It's for them to make money. It's for them to push their agenda. Um, and that agenda is tied to these things that you talked about here, which are what? Right, but They're a UN agenda, aren't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But look at the, look at the, the level of corruption 
in the government. And then look what it's tied to, our taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is what I was getting that's to. Where, this yeah, is what I was getting yeah, to a minute ago, the are. disconnect. The disconnect of them sticking their hand in your wallet. And it's amazing to me, Lynn, I, I listened to people, I think it was yesterday, who were talking about, well, I, I don't mind the taxes. We're talking about Donald Trump's taxes uh, come out of the New York Times. And I sit there, and one guy goes, oh, well, you didn't give the whole thing. He did this, this, and that. And I said, well, let's take that Let's take that context. This is what he did. And look, I'm not faulting him for taking advantage of the system. Everybody should Everybody should do it to keep as much money as they do. But let's not hide that. Let's be honest about what that is. And you got a guy who made millions of dollars, and yet says, oh, we lost millions of dollars, so we only have to pay this much money. And everybody says, oh, we paid millions of dollars. Wait a minute. Read the, read the rest of it. It's, <laughs> he got an extension, and when he pushed that forward, that money wasn't owed. So this is, this is an issue. And I'm not faulting Donald Trump for wanting to keep more of what Donald Trump earns. I'm not faulting him for that. But there is a system in place that needs to be utterly abolished regarding taxation. We need to go back to something that our founders had uh, dealing with tariffs. And I realize that eventually comes to the consumer and things they buy. But the fact of the matter is not directly on them. And uh, this other is directly on In fact, they'll go throw you in jail if you don't pay them uh, in some cases, even though it's unlawful to do so. Right. Absolutely. And what we're going to continue to see, especially in the name of this, you know, COVID relief and and, um, your health care and how it's morphing over into education, is we're going to see more and more people uh, coming to your home in the name of the government going, you know, we're here to help. And no, they're not here to help. They're here to control, micromanage, and Danny state you to death. Right. Here's the thing. Clarence has called in on the line, so we're going to take uh, Clarence on here. I don't know how we're going to do this. We're going to have to see if we can get Zoom and maybe come back or something. I don't know. Um, Okay, dear. Clarence, are you there? Uh, Yes, I'm here. Good morning, sir. Um, We've we've gotten a little bit of problem. I don't know why Zoom isn't working. I don't know if you're able to connect with that or not. I've got it open. If you can connect there, we can bring Lynn on with, um, with Google, but for whatever reason... Zoom's causing us some problems here this this morning, and I don't know why that is. What, what, what's the password? Uh, Lynn has that. She can shoot that over to you. Um, oh, hang on. Hang on, Clarence. Hang on. I will get you. Sorry about that, um, folks. This is live radio, and we weren't set up for this okay. here, so we're, we're just kind of <laughs> playing it by it's ear. okay. We'll get it together. Yep. All right. We'll see if hang we can on, do just that. Just a second. Let me. Um, all right. Let me see. Okay. Um, all right. All right. While you guys do your thing there, uh, let me go ahead and pull up something else here. Um, sure. Thing, because we only have a couple of minutes here while we're on radio. Yes. And um, mm-hmm. clear, so I'm sending it to him over Facebook. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So some of this yeah. goes into social justice. So this is another thing that Lynn has up here. And this is Social Justice 101. Again, this is coming into your schools, folks, right? It's coming into your schools and your your kids. You guys who are in the chat room mentioning the five pillars of Islam being taught. Okay, well, this stuff is going in there, too. The Oxford Dictionary defines... Go ahead. Right, but it's not just our schools. It's showing up in after-school programs that are available to every person in your community it's in your libraries your museums it's in our churches it is in 
Uh, it's on billboards. It's on TV. It is everywhere we are right now. So it's not just, again, it's not just public schools. And I wish people would stop saying it's just public schools or just pull them out of public school. And that's going to save everything. No, it's not. You have to be on your toes about where it is in the rest of our communities. Because that was another mandate from the Every Student Succeeds Act, is that communities as a whole would be graded and funded to align to all this garbage. Right. Right. Well, um, we've. I'm trying to find out if we can set up a different meeting uh, to bring Clarence in on and you, if you can get in there. And I don't. Uh, I don't really understand why this is being a problem. It hasn't been a problem up until uh, we were trying to bring Kate on the other day, and uh, then some people find it has a problem the first couple of times they try to get in, and then after that they're unable mm-hmm. to do so. So I apologize to the audience. I, it's a technical thing. I, I really don't have any control over because it's never been a problem before. And I can even go into the meeting. So the meeting's open. Um, it's, right. it's just not allowing it to happen here. Uh, Lynn, you got anything else you want to hit yeah. on? Because we got about uh, two minutes here. Okay. Um, if we're going to transition over into the next hour, if you need to drop me and have Clarence on, then you guys can, you've got everything you need. You could go ahead and do that because I know he needs to weigh in on this, this BLM curriculum. I know he does. So oh. if you need to drop me, I totally am okay with that. Well, that's fine. If you want to give him the Google voice number so he can call in, I'll have that open and, uh, and he can call in on that number. That's the, that's the other one that I gave um. you, not my cell phone. So if you want to do that, um, we can have him call in. I can put him on hold here, and then we can bring him on to the other side. All right, hang on just a second. I'm trying to see where that number is. It's, um, oh, goodness. That's the one that ends in 5-5. Yeah, that's the one that ends in 5-5. that's it. Okay, all right, Lynn, why don't you tell people again, and guys, uh, we didn't get to half of the stuff that Lynn has here. Um, There are videos. There are, there's legislation. There's articles. Um a lot of stuff. And the thing that threw us off this morning was the zoom thing. So if we seem a little befuddled, that's, that's why it is. Um, and I apologize for that, but we're going to have all of that up at sonslibertymedia.com later this morning. Okay. It'll be under the same title that this is in. So when you go there, it'll be easy to find. It'll be uh us perestroika, the new indoctrination into socialism and social justice. And we're going to have the show archive there and uh, and all of this information that we didn't even get to, that'll be there as well if you want to follow up in that. We appreciate your support. And, uh, Lynn, you got about 30 seconds here. Tell people all the places where they can find out more about you. Okay. You can find me at commoncoredeva.com. I also have a... Um uh, uh, donate button so that if you want to uh, donate and right now I am currently trying to raise funds to help my TV channel uh, get off the ground with commercials and all the marketing that goes on with that um, you can donate there if not uh, just please pray for my family because we really need it okay all right and we appreciate all your efforts and I'm going to wait to hear from Clarence he hasn't called in just yet so guys 23 hours we'll yeah. be back with you and uh, don't forget, support the Sons of Liberty, too, if, you, if you're able. I know that times are hard. If you can do that, go to sonslibertymedia.com. There's a donate button at the top, or you can become a monthly supporter as a son or daughter of liberty. 
We depend upon your support to do what we do, and we appreciate you very much. 23 hours, we'll talk to you. See ya. Hang on on the other side. Be with Clarence Henderson. All right, I'm back here and going to have to let uh, Lynn go and close out the phone bank here for Red State Talk Radio because if we're talking, it's going to go out over the radio over the next host. So I apologize for that. Waiting on Clarence to call in, and uh, I don't have uh, him on the line just yet, so I'm kind of in a hover mode here. Um, Just sending a quick message. Just be patient with us, and we'll have him on here, um, I think, unless something's been called. Okay. Uh, I'm being told that he's supposed to call, but uh, he's not calling yet. So we're on here with Zoom. We're on here with... Google Voice, and we're waiting on Clarence to to get in. Let me see if I can um, do a little something here um, as to who Clarence is. And I know that I have uh, uh, several things going on here um, with Lynn because Lynn sends me all kinds of stuff, and it gets kind of a backlog of messages. So I'm seeing if I can bring up this biography. We're going to see if if Clarence is going to call in. I hope he does. Um, But here's his biography. And I'll go ahead and tee it up. If he doesn't call in, I guess it's not going to be anything useful, but hopefully he'll call in and we'll get, we'll get him to call, uh, to talk. In 1960, on the second day of the Greensboro sit-in, Joseph A. McNeil and Franklin E. McCain are joined by William Smith and Clarence Henderson at the Woolworth Lunch Counter in Greensboro, North Carolina, just up the road from me. I used to work in Greensboro. I used to stop in there to do some service work. Um, he was a former. He was. He was a forefront of the civil rights battle as he bravely stepped up to participate in the sit-in at the Woolworths Diner. Today, Mr. Henderson is a champion for freedom and conservative. Uh, yeah, I. I'm sorry. I'm having to read something. I, I I apologize, folks. Live radio. His message will inspire you and teach you how to change the narrative in this nation from liberty for a few to liberty for all. In 2000, Mr. Henderson was the recipient of the 40th Anniversary Sit-In Participant Award, and in 2013, he was appointed by Governor Pat McCrory. Now, that guy is trouble too. I got to tell you. Okay, I just he's trouble. Um. Let's see. To the chairman's seat on the North Carolina Martin Luther King Jr. Commission. In addition, Governor McCrory conferred in 2016 the Order of the Longleaf Pine Award to Clarence with the rank of Ambassador Extraordinary. Mr. Henderson was appointed president of the Frederick Douglass Foundation for the state of North Carolina in May 2017, of which he currently serves. He also serves since November the November 2019 on the advisory board of Black Voices for Trump. Mr. Henderson's energetic involvement in his church as head elder, new members coordinator, Sunday school teacher, and finance committee member, and his life's journey as a teacher, college administrator, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker has given him a unique perspective on what confronts society today. And with while his life is chronicled with episodes of civil unrest in which he found himself thrust in the midst, he did his part to bring awareness and change in a peaceful manner Clarence now champions a new cause for a better America by challenging, motivating, and inspiring others to be aware and responsible for the world that surrounds them. 
Um, hang on. Okay. He may be, Clarence may, is said to be on the line, so maybe he's talking to somebody else, but he's not calling in here. So, folks, I apologize. Nothing I can do. We had Zoom set up, um, and uh, for whatever reason, Zoom's not letting any of the members of the people in who are in except me. And <laughs> it obviously opens up the very meeting that's supposed to be this. So, we've got a real problem here. Um, and I don't want to feel dead air with just talking here. So if we don't get a call from uh, Clarence here shortly, and it's not his fault, it's it's our it's this situation here that, that's come up, and uh, it didn't even dawn on me about the phone banks. I really need my own phone bank where I can just have that open and, uh, and be able to do it. In any case, um, I don't want to keep you guys waiting on this. So if he doesn't call in here in a, in a couple of minutes... I'm going to have to kill it. So just hang with me. And if you're hanging in there, again, my apologies. Um, no, that's not that's not the number. I'm going to take that off, okay? The, I leave that up. That is, uh, Nate, that's the, that's the phone bank that we use with Red State Talk Radio. So here we go. Here he is, I believe. All right. Clarence, are you there? This is he, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. We uh, This was a live radio thing, and I, I, I apologize immensely. Zoom wouldn't let Lynn in. It wouldn't let anybody in except me, for whatever reason. And uh, then we, I, I got towards the end of the show, and I got to thinking, well, Clarence can't be on a long time because we are using the phone bank for Red State Talk Radio, and if we keep going there, we're going to be talking over the next host and the next show, and we don't want to do that. So I appreciate your efforts and calling in and things, and... Um, uh, we appreciate you coming on the Sons of Liberty here this morning. I was just giving your bio, by the way. Okay. So I, I've shared that with people, and Lynn said, you want to have Clarence on because Clarence can talk about uh, the things of what is being pushed with the BLM movement and social justice in education and other areas. So I want to give you the floor to kind of do that, my friend. Well, um the BLM movement is not a civil rights movement. It is a Marxist movement. Uh, it's not peaceful um, because when you, when you see the violence and mayhem, the looting, uh, the burning, and even people getting killed, then that takes away the uh, part of the law that says that we can peacefully assemble. And so uh, people need to recognize for it for what it is. And... Uh, They've taken that over into to the curriculum, and uh, instead of going and teaching classical education, where you teach the person mind, soul, and body, they're actually, actually indoctrinating our kids and not educating them, uh, teaching them what to think as opposed to how to think. And so uh, what will we look like a few years from now if they're going to teach this kind of thing? Uh, people have a way of uh, making adjustments and working with each other. Uh, as opposed to uh, somebody trying to indoctrinate. I take, for example, when I was growing up, uh, I at one point in time, I never went to an integrated school. At one point in time, I lived in what you would call a, a quote-unquote integrated neighborhood, and the white kids would come to my house and we uh, in my yard and we'd play together, and their parents didn't know about it. So uh, I learned through that we're all the same. Uh, so 
what we have right now is a utopian idea that uh, America is not getting along and that um, uh, um, racism is a problem, but it isn't. Uh, and it's not systemic racism. It's systemic uh, uh, corruption. And if the government would stay out of it and leave the people alone, then we'd be a whole lot better off instead of them putting all these kind of laws in. So when you have people that are actually uh, in the educational system coming in with this kind of curriculum, uh, not allowing the kids to, uh, they don't know the difference if they, if they do. Um, and they can be showed, uh, if the teacher would instruct them that we're all alike as opposed to trying to come up with one side uh, uh, having their feelings hurt. Well, you know, that uh, America's gone through some uh, t- horrible times in the past. Uh, when you look at slavery, Jim Crow, but we've all come up out of that once. Uh, the laws were put in place and said we're not separate but equal. I mean, we're not uh, we're not separate equal, but we're equal in all eyes. And so, it's a matter of uh, uh, some powers that be uh, stop trying to make America out to be what it isn't. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I'm you know I don't know how old you are. Uh, I'm fifty one, and I can remember in my seventy nine. Okay. Well, I can. I'm I'm what twenty five years behind you or so. Twenty a little bit more than that. And uh, I can remember even as a kid that we had, you know, uh, black and white kids. I mean, I can remember us having a pool out in the driveway in front of the garage and there were black and white kids that, you know, they would they would come to my house and we played out in the pool and we played basketball together Mm -hmm. and we rode bikes together. So it wasn't anything unusual for me as well. I mean, it was just something that seemed pretty common. And even today, there are those, uh, you know, what they call the black community that are that are just up the road from me. Those people are, I, I never have any problem with them. They don't have a problem with me. We get along just fine. We see each other in the grocery store, at the Walmart, or wherever it is on the street, and everybody's respectful to one another. I, this, is, this is what gets me when I start hearing from representatives in government. I call them subversives, where they're trying to pit well, us against uh, one another because of the skin color that God gave us. Tim, uh, it's, it's a, a profit-making situation. If it were not a profit being made, you wouldn't have all this. And so they keep putting it out there because uh, there's a profit to be made because uh, 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 you look within uh, the school system, uh, when they put these curriculums together and they come up with these special programs, a lot of times it costs more money. And so uh, you look at some people that cry racism, uh, and I won't call any names, but they have made a lot of money out of crying out racism Racism, let's go back to before my time. My dad, I saw him as a mechanic with very good education. Uh, most of his clientele was white. Why? Because he interacted and he, he's a grown man at this particular point in time. So you know that he never went to uh, an integrated school, but uh, they made adjustments based upon a bonding of an exchange. And uh, they were, the guy had his car that needed to be repairing, and my dad could repair it. So, uh, they went to him for the service, and uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I can remember my dad going to one of the guys he rented a shop from. We didn't have a TV. Myself and my brother and my dad went to his house and watched Joe Lewis and Mac- and, and uh, uh, Rocket Marciano fight. And my dad's pulling for Joe Lewis, and he's pulling for Rocket Marciano. They were the best of friends. Even if you go back before that time, when I was born, I was born on the farm. And by the way, I don't have a birth certificate. And my dad was a sharecropper there for a guy who was white. And my dad, they became his best friends. My dad uh, named me uh, after him. So 
because, uh, you know, there was just a, the common element between mankind and between humanity as opposed to uh, the government. See, politics is a system, uh, and if it doesn't serve the people, then what good is it? And politics is not doing a very good job of serving the people. So we need to vote those people out that think that they are in charge and vote people in that will serve the people and understand that uh, they work for us and we don't work for them. Some of them have this utopian idea that they know best. Well, uh, if I can get out here and make a living for myself, how do you know best for me what Amen. I'm supposed to do in all of my life? That's right. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Now, here's the question. Um, you brought up uh, the BLM movement, and I'm familiar with the, organiz- or the organized part of that, uh, how it is corrupt, how it's funding America's enemies. Um, it's being subversive to our government and stuff. But tell me something. Do you believe there's some real genuine people who are who are actually demanding justice? I'm not talking about the, these rioters and looters. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people. There are people who do go out. And I remember in Ferguson, there was a young man. We had mm-hmm. the video of him. He came in and he was warning the people, look, while you're even though they had the wrong narrative. OK, so let's get that out of the way. We, we know that we know what the what the reality was. And they were were responding to the narrative they were given, and they were demanding there was there be some justice. Um, they weren't rioting, they weren't looting, they were peacefully protesting on the on the sidewalks and things of this nature. And this young man came up and he says, "Be aware, there are people being paid to be provocateurs coming in, and it's so that the police will come in and shut down, and so they can get in our houses." And that's what this young man said on video. He had he had pulled up. A, it's been several years since we had it up. I don't even know if YouTube's pulled that. They probably have pulled that too. Are there some real peaceful protesters that you have seen out there, um, maybe in the lines of uh, uh, Vernon Johns or Martin Luther King Jr., who who actually go out and they, they want justice, but they're not going to go the criminal route and start burning and looting and stuff. Now, I'm, I'm not wanting to make that the majority, but are there people that you have seen out there doing that? Yes, there are people out there I've seen doing them because a lot of times uh, the protests uh, start to be peaceful and then they turn violent. The protests are merely to bring forth an issue so the public becomes aware of it. We have decided as a country that we are a country, uh, a nation of laws, and uh, that we're ruled by laws, governed by laws and not governed by men. And so it has to go through the due process. Uh, there are people that have gone to trial that were guilty and found innocent, and vice versa, but that's the only system we have because, see, uh, it, our laws are set forth that we can have peace and harmony. And so even when we were out there protesting, uh, the way it changed for us is that the, the, the uh, Woolworths decided to make the change. They didn't, we didn't force it upon them by being uh, uh, violent or anything. It was a peaceful protest, and what changed it was the economics of it. When people started the same thing with Dr. King and those down there, when they stopped riding the bus, well, that was that was those were money coming into the city, and uh, they were not generating that income anymore. And the same thing with us in Woolworths when we sit at that counter and said we got money to eat, uh, to pay for our food, and they wouldn't serve us. So uh, they lost somewhere around understand like two hundred thousand dollars, and it would be equivalent to millions of dollars in in, in today's dollars. And so. Um, there, again, as a due process, and the best way we can do it is peaceful. Otherwise, we turn into being like animals. Well, that's exactly what happens. And I, I think a lot of it comes from, uh, you know, what the Bible tells us about the depravity of man, his sinful nature. He wants mm-hmm. to, I think mm-hmm. one of the old stories that we used to have for our kids was Dr. 
uh, Seuss is the Sneeches, right? And um, mm-hmm. the, the man wants to look and say, well, I've got a star upon mine, and you don't have one upon yours. And then they were getting this thing. And the whole thing was to take money from each of them to, to up one on the other until they just became a variety of Sneeches on the beaches. And they discovered, well, this was all about, you know, our own jealousy among one another, our own pride, instead of recognizing that we're all made in the image of God. And I got in this conversation the other day, uh, Clarence, with a, with a lady, and I quoted Acts seventeen twenty six. You know, God's made all men from one blood. And, of course, the word blood is not in the Greek there. It's the word for man. And, the, and, and when I asked her, do you not believe all men came from Adam? Oh, and she didn't want to answer the question because she knew she was caught there. At, you know, from, from our, we're either in Adam or we're in Christ. And Adam is the physical aspect, so it doesn't matter what our well, characteristics are. We're, we're all made from well, see, the same one in the image of God. Right. And, and see, there's not but one race, and that's a human Amen. race. Amen. Amen. That's exactly is, right. Who do, who, who do we believe in? You know, as God created what man said. And yep. so I'm a believer like you. That's what God said. And he created a uh, man in his own image. And he said black, white, red, or yellow. And so this is something that man has created. For whatever reason, that either I think that I'm better than you for because of a certain color of my skin, or I think that my profession is better than yours, or whatever it is that I want to look down on you like a, a man praying and look up another at, at God and say, "I'm glad that I'm not that like the other guy," and he's just like him because we have all all sin and come short of the glory of God. And God says that I find no goodness in flesh, so man is get the one that gets hung up on that. So. You know, and one of the challenges that, uh, for example, on Sunday, the uh, most segregated day in in the weekend in uh, the United States is on Sunday. And so uh, mankind is is creating all these wrong kinds of things, wrong thinking, and we find ourselves in these kind of situations now. And we would go back to what the Word of God says, and everything would change. But uh, even inside of the church, you have, there's always, uh, people look at it, they try to have a, a hierarchy. Uh, for example, I go back to when I was in, in uh, uh, school, uh, even in, uh, the school wasn't integrated, it was segregated, but kids that looked at, for example, well, I was sit there in class with teacher, and that was kids that were teachers, that kids' parents were teachers, and different kinds of professions. Here's my dad with thirty third grade education, and uh, that they, they were looked we were looked at differently. And so it's just one of those situations that we have to overcome, and we can if we make a decision. And when I look at you, see, and I recognize that my rights end where yours begin, then we have a chance to sit down and dialogue and and, and have a conversation and come together with things. Uh, and right now, again, America's being destroyed from within by people that think that don't like the way this uh, America's, uh, um, the makeup of America. If if you want anything to change, then go to the, uh, uh, and, and, and change the laws and not go out here and uh, commit violence and mayhem because um, we're going back to days where you have, uh, like in the uh, uh, Western days, you come into a certain town and, uh, uh, you know, you had the sheriff control and the, people, the powers that be controlled it. That's what will happen here. And see, when they start talking about defunding the police, who is going to hurt the worst? The underserved neighborhood. And so those people in that neighborhood, some of them are fearful of coming out of their house. So they want the police to come in there when they need them. I've seen that all of my life where you have those kind of neighborhoods. And when I lived in Harlem back in the 60s, the saying was, as long as it stays in Harlem, it's okay. But you take it outside of Harlem, we'll lock you up. Well, 
that's not being fair and equal to all of mankind. And so we deal with that same situation today. And there are those of us that understand and have to stand up and say that, listen, all uh, people want to do is be left alone for the most part. Amen. And uh, we can change that situation. Well, that's that's exactly right. And some of the things that happen, though, you're talking about some of these neighborhoods. We, we see it today, especially. I don't know how it was in the days that you were living in Harlem, but we see, you know, like Chicago and we see mm-hmm. a lot of the even what's considered the quote unquote black and black crime. And a lot of that happens mm-hmm. is because of very strict uh, gun control laws that don't allow people to defend themselves. This is a God-given right. It's protected. That right is not given to people by the Constitution. It's, it's supposed. To, it's a recognized right that's given to you by God, and it's supposed to be protected by those who that we call our representatives. And sadly, they're not doing that. And so it does put people in fear because they feel defenseless. They they don't want. They want like what you say. They want to be left alone. But at the same time, they're kind of in this in this corner of. I want to obey the law, even though it's really pretended legislation that, that wants to violate my rights and not let me have, have a gun to protect myself against a thug who's going to come in here and steal from me or beat me up or rape me or whatever the case may be, uh, versus uh, you know the police. Now, I, I've put forth, and not to get off on this subject, but I put forth that our Constitution uh, provides for the militia, the citizen militia, and that is to enforce the laws and to put down insurrections, and to repel invasions. That's what our Constitution has. That means that's the duty of the people. And sadly, Clarence, the the people don't want that duty. They don't want to do it, and so they farm it out to the police departments. And, uh, you Mm. know, I think that we could integrate, and I had Dr. Edwin Vieira on. He's really a foremost authority on militias, and uh, constitutional militias. And one of the things he talked Mm -hmm. about was, bringing those things together. So no longer is there this view from some people that there's a them against us thing. It's we're all in it together and we're all Mm -hmm. in it to enforce the law. And I think this goes back to biblical days. I was making mention of this the other day. You can see it in the militia groups that were there to enforce the law. Judges 19 and 20 come to mind to me um, about how that was enforced against those who had um, uh, taken the, the, the priest concubine and abused her till she died. Uh, that was done. I think that could be done, but we've got to start somewhere by educating the people. And this is one of the things that Lynn said that you would you would be good in speaking to on this whole social justice issue, at, with, along with the the BLM indoctrination, if you will. Do you want to you want to kind of tackle that a little bit? Jump into a little bit of that. Well, um, for me, if you go back to what uh, uh, Dr. King said. Uh, we should be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Civics is no longer being taught in our curriculum, teaching our kids how to become good citizens, teaching them how a bill becomes a law, all these things that make us better understand how to deal with certain situations. So it even goes back further than that when Thomas Jefferson said, America is an idea in the minds of men. Now, what did he mean by that? He meant that, the people by election should decide what kind of America they wanted to have as opposed to having people sitting in, in uh, the halls of Congress or wherever trying to decide how the people uh, uh, should live. Uh, for example, um, people need to know what the law says. Unfortunately, we have a lot of people out here that don't know what the law says. You hear them say the government says, and Ronald Reagan said, and I'll never forget it, he said, the nine worst words you can hear is from the government, and I'm here to help. So. Again, if we would put classical education in, teaching people uh, how to do critical thinking, 
and and uh, those kinds of things. Because I go back to when my kids were in school. Uh, uh, this little kid kept calling my oldest daughter uh, uh, on on the playground the N word. And so my daughter came to me and told me about it, and I said, did you tell the teacher? She said, teacher, that it's happening on the playground. So I got up the next morning and went over to school, and I said, listen, uh, I understand that this young young kid is calling my uh, daughter the N-word. She says, it's happening on the playground. I said, the playground is a part of the school. I said, now, I'm here talking to you today. I won't talk to you again. Tomorrow I'll be back, and I'll talk to the principal. If that doesn't work, I'll go downtown to uh, – uh, the school system downtown doesn't go work. I'll go down to Raleigh, where that uh, uh, the state uh, will make a decision. Uh, my daughter told me a little boy never called that word again. So there's a process, a way of doing things. And when you have a person that can't make a decision, then you find somebody that can. And so what we have now is that we, the people, do not understand the laws of this nation. Uh, and don't know the history of this country. If you are a citizen in America and you don't know the history of this country, good, the bad, and ugly, you are a citizen in the name only. So study the history of America and see how we have arrived at this point and see what has made us as a nation grow stronger and uh, either weaker based upon what has happened before. Uh, and we don't, for example, we have people in, uh, we elect and we don't know how to vet them. It's not about likability. It's about uh, what the person is qualified to do. See, politicians are a dime a dozen, but leaders are priceless. And I look for leaders when I uh, made the decision who I was going to vote for this past time. I compared the two, and I decided this person best serves what I believe in. First of all, uh, believing in God, and then uh, uh, believing in a, a, a traditional marriage, uh, believing in the right to life, and not abortion. Those kinds of things. And so we. Uh, have a contract with America, those people, we who get out and vote, and we can make that decision. But now they're trying to steal an election. And so we have to, again, continue to work to the corrupt people out there. We should have term limits, for example. Uh, that, that If you look at what happened in these cities across America, most of them were uh, uh, run by uh, Democrats. And so when a, a mayor uh, will not uh, call the police to enforce the law, uh, they should, that, that mayor should not be there even the next day or uh, uh, by due process get them out because they are, they, are, they are there to protect the people, all the citizens, not some of the citizens. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. You're exactly right. And, um, you know, I'm not going to get off on the right and left paradigm thing here because I do that all the time. Uh, but I'm in the state of South Carolina. We have a quote-unquote Republican governor, and he usurped his authority to declare what's essential in a non-essential business. And as I've told people, I said, look, every business is essential to somebody. The owner of that business is, the employees there, this this idea, that this Nazi-esque kind of stuff off of the, what I call the hoax of COVID-19 is ridiculous. And it's been a usurpation by Rep- Republicans and Democrats alike. So it's not just been what's going on in the streets. And then we have, you're exactly right, there, some of these guys are just letting the people do what they're doing in the streets. And, you know, the president has the authority to come in with the militia, and this is part of what the Constitution allows for the militia to do, is put down insurrections. And, and I think we can agree that what we're seeing in the rioting and looting of the BLM Antifa people are insurrections. And so he had, and I was glad to see that he was at least patient to say, hey, governors, you take care of it before I have to step in. But I haven't seen him step in yet to really do that with the militia. Um, so we have a lot that's going yeah, the, on there. Go ahead. The, the question becomes, how long do we wait 
because they uh, started on, on Main Street. When I said Main Street, the business, where businesses are and all these kind of things, and now they're moving into uh, areas where the private citizens uh, live and placing a, a demand that uh, uh, you should give up that which you work for, and, and that shouldn't happen. So no matter who it is, uh, what side of the aisle they're on, if they are, it's like if you go on a job, uh, a job in the private sector, what they do is that they give you a job description. If you don't uh, fulfill that job description, you're gone after a certain length of time. It should be the same thing exactly. in the government because it's, 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 uh, you're, you're talking about a system. That, the entire system is that there's a job to do, and you have said you're qualified to the job, do the job, or we don't, we don't need you, whether it's in the private sector or it's in the government. And so we have uh, a situation where that they treat people differently uh, in the government jobs than they do uh, in the private sector. Uh, for example, I remember back, going back and looking at the Affordable Health Care Act when some of the members of Congress were asked why they didn't, they, they didn't have that uh, kind of insurance. They said that we have a better kind of insurance. Well, what kind of uh, situation is that? You want to sell me something, uh, have me uh, uh, take become, use this insurance, uh, and uh, you don't think it's good enough for you, but it's good enough for me. So uh, that destroy, that's, that's hypocrisy. And that's committing tyranny upon the people. And so when you look at the affordable health care, for example, it was not to make better health care. It, it was to control the people because if you control the health care of a nation, you control the nation. And people are still suffering from it. Uh, people make choices. Uh, some people say, well, I don't need insurance. And, um, and what they do is they, they pay for their insurance or pay for their health care and you look at, uh, for example, you look at Medicaid. Well, that's one of the best health, one of the worst healthcare systems there is. I have a niece that's under that healthcare system, and if she has any kind of care that she needs outside of her personal doctor, she may have to wait six weeks or six months to get help. And so that's a failing system. So why do we go back to the educational system? That is a failing system. Why do we keep it in place? It's for profiteering purposes, for no, no other purposes. That should be a choice. The money should follow the, the success of the school and not uh, the success of the government. We have, for example, we have too many. Uh, when I was going to school, there was one principal. Now in some schools, you've got a principal, you've got three or four or five assistant principals. You've got all these other people there that are not doing any teaching. And so uh, that's what school is for, not for the bureaucracy, for a guy to sit behind a desk, a woman to sit behind a desk all day long and, and do basically nothing. And so... We have to go back and revamp our entire system uh, to make sure it's what it is. So uh, it goes back to what the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And so uh, the government will create a problem and then come up with a solution, and we have to look at that. So we have an election coming up now, either where it be local or where it be uh, uh, national, and we need to make a decision. And we, I work with a program called Think Before You Vote. I was just in an, uh, meet, a huge meeting last night that we had in right in North Carolina saying black voters matter. And uh, uh, in a lot of cases where uh, the, 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 vote, the blacks in the community have been underserved and we need to uh, vote those people out that are not serving us and vote people back in. And then uh, if you go back, for example, the police department, within the police department, you had the good, the bad, and the ugly. To profile a a um, uh, uh, 
profession and said they're all bad. That's entirely wrong. My brother was a policeman in Greensboro for 17 to 19 years. He dotted every I and crossed every T. And by the same token, there were some guys there, some women there that did the wrong thing. What did they do? They got rid of some. They got rid of those guys. So there's a, there's a thing called due process of law. We need to stop rushing to the court of public opinion, opinion and using the court system for what it's meant to be. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, the problem the problem that I see in some of the, the issues dealing with, with police uh, is often, you know, what, let, let's take, for instance, what we had with um, with the whole George, George Floyd fiasco. And that is that if you or I were caught on video doing that to somebody, all right, and they died, there would be an immediate arrest Right. And we would be arraigned and all the other. They waited three days. They waited till the guy till the people came out, started burning things, started looting. And this is, again, goes it goes back to the the people that we elect. They're either going to uphold that uphold the law. or They're not going to uphold the law. And I, I realize that there's due process. No question about that, that that's that's what we're supposed to do. But I'm saying the average Joe who would go do that and be caught on video just brazenly looking at the camera uh, while you pretty much took the life out of somebody. We would be arrested on the spot and charged, right? I mean, that would just be that would be how it is, but not so. There's there's this there, there's this different application sometimes. Now we had the the police officer down here in Charleston, South Carolina. You remember there was a, a guy he pulled over. The guy went running. He caught up with him. The guy tried to take his taser, and I think the guy pulled his taser out and threw it on the ground, or he ran with it, or whatever. He was not a threat to the cop. And the cop pulled out his gun and shot him in the back, and they ended up charging him with murder. I mean, it was immediate. It was it was pretty quick that they did it, and there wasn't any of these riots. There wasn't any of these other things. The people saw that they that they took this pretty serious. It was caught on camera and all. But we didn't have that with the other. Um, there are other things that you you brought up. One of them I I was wanting to speak to, but I want to let you make your point. And uh, I I think you're you're well spoken in a lot of these areas. We we talked about the president using his authority. Uh, to call up the militia to put down the insurrections, and you talked about the time frame. That was the issue. I agree with you that they there has to be a specific time frame. It can't just be, well, I'm threatening you, I'm threatening you, I'm threatening you. <laughs> you know, you guys are doing it. Eventually, if you do that as a parent, what's going to happen? Your kids are just going to be just rebellious all the time because they're going to go, well, Dad isn't going to do anything. Mm-hmm. So th- I agree well, with you. And, there and, has to and, be a time put there. But I, but what my point was, I was glad to see. That he he wasn't just heavy handed and came right in there and said, "Hey, we're going to send our guys in there to squash this thing because the Constitution says we can do it." He says, "You guys control it," but he didn't give them a time frame to do it, and it continues to swell. And like you're saying, now they're talking about going out in the suburbs, they're talking about going in all these other places and doing these things. Of course, I say, "Hey, you guys want to come down here to rural South Carolina? We'll put a, we'll put a stop to it right quick. You come down our street doing that and- stuff, and you won't be walking off of it." And that's what we're close to right now. And if you go back to uh, the former um, um, administration, then uh, there was a, a saying in within the confines of the uh, country that uh, there were powers that be that wanted to create a, a division. They would start a, a, a race type, type of war. Again, uh, when you have... Uh, somebody is sitting in office that will not follow the constitution, then um, we have to uh, uh, vote those people out and get other people in. 
And so that's the danger we're facing right now is that, uh, you know, it's like the same thing with if you look at it from the standpoint of a person that commits a crime, they uh, are supposed to have, if a person put in jail, let me me say it that way, there's a thing called speedy trial. They have a right to a speedy trial. Uh, Some of them sit in there for a long time without having a speedy trial. So, again, the system is failing, and that part of the system needs to be fixed. And so uh, I, I will promise you this. If uh, those people out there that are rioting right now, if they were, some of them were locked up and through due process of law, taken to the court system and given a certain amount of time or whatever, that will begin to break the back on that. Uh, it's like you said before, we, we go back to uh, George Floyd. Well, that was the biggest mistake they made was, they didn't know what those that, what the police were going to do at that particular point in time that they were going to kill this guy. But, as you said, they should have locked those guys up for right, right at that point, at that particular point in time, because uh, they were uh, uh, committed an action that led to this guy's death. And so uh, if a person uh, chokes a person and puts his foot, uh, foot a knee on a person's neck and that person dies as a result, then... They should be should be charged with a crime and brought before the court system uh, to ensure that uh, justice is done. But they didn't do that. And again, that goes back to the failure of the individual. The law says, uh, you know, we go back to what it really boils down to is you can't legislate a person's heart. And so we put laws in place to make sure that we can we can uh, when something like this happens that there are consequences. Uh, they have there have been no consequences for the actions that, they, that those people took in uh, policemen took in Minneapolis. There should have been uh, actions taken at that particular point in time, and because people saw that uh, that didn't happen, then um, that's what they did. But I'll go back to uh, when we uh, sat down at lunch counter. It didn't. It wasn't integrated the next day. As a matter of fact, I never ate uh, lunch at that counter. It took 176 days or thereabout for us to uh, put uh, uh, Jim Crow be found guilty because we put him on trial. And so uh, the justice system, uh, in order for it to work uh, fairly, all the facts have to be gathered, and then uh, we have due process. Well, if you go back to George Floyd, uh, it was very evident, evident because of his own camera what it actually he had actually occurred. So uh, it wasn't one of those things where that the uh, there was any mystery about what happened with that situation. So justice uh, uh, delayed is justice denied, uh, and uh, that's what is happening right now in this country. Is that uh, those people that are out there rioting, they are doing crimes just like uh, those policemen did crimes. So. They should be held accountable just like those policemen should be held accountable. And there should not be any distinction. And then the other side of it is that this happened in Minneapolis. So why should we be, should be, be riding in uh, <laughs> yeah, North exactly. Carolina or South Carolina? Well, because because that's organized. And you know it as well as I do. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mm-hmm. funding. Uh, we've talked about George Fort, uh, Soros funding a lot of these organizations. This comes back mm-hmm. to an issue that I've said all along. <clears throat> You know, we're we're just now getting the infor- the information from intelligence communities on the fact that John Brennan was uh, informing Obama uh, about Hillary Clinton 
wanting to smear Donald Trump and all this other stuff. Okay, so we're just finding we knew it all along. The reports have been out. We've had plenty of information for years. Now it's come out just before the election. I find the timing kind of incredible. But but we've known it for a while. Now we have confirmation of it. Now the question is, where's the justice going to be? Are we going to have another administration that promises justice? You know, we were promised justice for Hillary Clinton uh, before Donald Trump became president. We don't have it. So I think this stuff kind of follows each thing. <clears throat> Where's the justice that comes? Because as Bradley says in the afternoon show, he says justice is what guards our liberty. If we don't have justice, then we're going to go just like what you said. We're going to become like the animals, and um, and we're going to have that that kind of uh, law of tooth and fang in the jungle. It's an evolutionary kind of concept, not a biblical one. And <clears throat> if we don't bring justice, then we're not going to secure liberty. So when we come to these issues, you know, and I could point, and I did, there was a guy, he had a different color of skin down in Texas than George Floyd. And all the cops had the same color skin, and they did the same thing to him, put their knee right in his back, uh, and and he died. And it took him three years to get the body cam footage from this. Now, if you ask me, Clarence, in these cases, the the police are supposed to work for the people. Is that not right? Why are they Why are they allowed to keep from the people what's what has happened when somebody has lost their life in their custody? Oh, you're exactly right about that. We have in, uh, for example, in the state of North Carolina, we have a, a county called Hope County, whereby that uh, they've been holding people uh, in 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 jail without a trial, and we uh, have brought uh, attention to that, and we're working toward. Uh, having justice there. For example, they got one guy there, and I understand he's been there like for 14 years. He has a mental challenge, and he could confess to a crime they didn't commit, and when they found out he didn't commit it, they still didn't let him out of it because they're saying now he's a danger to uh, society. And so we have those kind of things that are going on, and when, when those kind of things happen, there needs to be uh, an example made to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And so uh, what happened is that uh, we had uh, uh, an attorney general that didn't do anything in reference to uh, the, the crimes uh, to what was happening in that particular county. And so, again, the, uh, the, we the people have to have courage to, to ensure these things begin to happen because, uh, again, that's what I've been doing uh, for a number of years because I went to uh, the particular party I'm a part of and I says I said to them that, uh, you are not speaking about what you represent. And the people need to be, it's not fair to the people that you don't tell them about uh, the history of your party and what it, they've done. And so uh, the people um, can make a decision based upon uh, getting the correct information because I believe if, if, uh, if the people are given enough of the correct information, for the most part, they'll make uh, the right decision. But when you lie to them, uh, they don't know uh, which direction to go in. And when you see the hierarchy, the upper hierarchy, if you will, or you see the government, people in the government are committing certain acts, then um, uh, the people say, well, if they can do it, then we can do it. And then we're, we're down to the point now, it's like, don't do as I do, do as I say do. Well, that's not going to work. Exactly. And what we have now is that we have people that are saying that uh, anything goes. And it, we have laws in place for a purpose. If those laws are not adhered to, then there should be consequences. 
But by the same token, if a person is adhering to the law, then uh, they should not be any any, uh, any provoking of them or, or taking any advantage of them. And that's happened over over, over time in America. Uh, and we have to go back and look at what happened during those times. And you go back to what's happening right now in America. Uh, for example, Watts never really recovered from the rioting they were doing out there because they they told told the idea is not to tear down. The idea is to build up. And we can't bring, uh, for example, George Floyd's life back, but we can make sure that uh, there be a reckoning for what uh, was done. Uh, we have right now that. Uh, some of these people, the police, will take them and lock them up, and the next day they're out because there's a corruption within the system. So I don't look at it as systemic racism. It's systemic corruption that's going on, and that needs to be uh, gotten out of our system. I think that's and exactly it, it, right. <clears throat> I think you're exactly right when you say that. I don't think it – you may have one or two well, I don't want to say one or two. You may have a small percentage of those who commit the crime who actually are doing it based on I don't like black people or I don't like white people mm-hmm. or whatever. You may have a small percentage of that, but most of it is just the corruption. It is the it is the depravity of the human heart, which the Bible says there's only one remedy for it, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and mm-hmm. this is the thing, you know, in a, in a in a nation that claims that it's Christian and we do have Christian foundations long before the constitution, we know that. Nobody can argue the facts on that. Uh, with the facts on that, we are we were established, and our foundations are Christian. And mm-hmm. the one thing we've left off, Clarence, is the gospel. We're giving out health and wealth gospels. We're giving out Jesus is your genie gospels. Jesus is your boyfriend gospels. God is your is your grandpa gospels. And we're not giving the gospel that calls men to repentance and says, you know what, God isn't asking you to repent. He's giving you a command. He's the king, and you're gonna you're gonna bow before the king now, or you're gonna bow before him later, one way or the other. And he calls you to repentance. And he has showed you that he he loves sinners so much that he sent his son to die in your place. Now he commands you to repent. We don't give that gospel anymore. You hear it on the Sons of Liberty, but you don't hear that in a lot of churches. You hear about the feel-good gospel or, you know, and you you mentioned the guys who do it for money, the Reverend Jesse Jackson or the Al Sharptons, mm-hmm. yeah. who who go in there acting like they're all, they they have the form of godliness, but they deny his power, and <clears throat> they're false teachers, false prophets in the people, and we've we, we've got them all over. It isn't just uh, in in that particular community. We've got them all over. False teachers. We've got them even advising the president. People like Paula White doing these kinds of things. And they're not bringing forth the true gospel, and this is really the hope for us. But I want to ask you a question because somebody um, brought it up in the chat room. They said, what is your take on uh, BLM and the United Nations? Because I've said, if somebody is in support of the United Nations, to me, they're an anti-Christ, anti-American organization. Why we have them on our shores is beyond me. It, it, what what do you see is the is the tie here for BLM and the United Nations? Because I, let me let me show people real quickly, and I'll just make mention to you because I know you can't see it. <clears throat> this is from the Independent back in June, and that there were numerous stories about about this kind of thing. Uh, Black Lives Matter, UN's human rights body to up to hold urgent debate on police brutality and systemic racism in the U.S. Well, I, here's the question I have: What business does the UN have? Involved in something that is an American sovereignty issue. 
Well, you know, let's go back to uh, the founding of this country. We were founded for that very reason that you're speaking about, to make decisions about how America should be and not about how other countries or a common nation should be. We are going back to that from that which we came, and that shouldn't be. Uh, when you look at the UN, look at uh, what good have they done. And so when people start talking with me about uh, the UN and we should adhere to what they're saying, then I, I say to them, well, listen, why don't we just go back to where we were before, like with uh, uh, when King George III was uh, uh, um, in, uh, in charge of America uh, and, uh, uh, and just follow that. And, you know, we we have an uh, America, we have a president, uh, and then we have Congress. We have the three branches of government that represent the people. And uh, that system has worked so long as it's coordinated together. So we're going to a system that is failing, and uh, whoever brought us into that system uh, uh, did the wrong thing, and, and for whatever reason, uh, so we need to make a change on that, and uh, and, and and but then again, there's money being made through that system because see, when we start talking about, for example, helping out other countries, who in the United States makes money for doing that? That's the first thing we need to look at is that uh, there are a, a whole slew of people out here that make money by saying they're going to send money to certain uh, countries and they get a part of it, or they. Yep. They make some kind of deals with the country. And the same thing happens in America right now is that uh, we make deal, certain deals, uh, uh, a certain uh, uh, segment of the population, uh, a certain district gets a, a certain amount of money, and uh, and that money is not used in that district. So that means the person that, that stood up for, for that particular district uh, said that they were this was needed in that district, and they didn't, uh, they took the money, when the money came in, it stopped somewhere before it got to the people. And so that's what we're dealing with right now. Again, uh, we have this kind of corruption going on, and uh, it has to stop. And uh, and it was not being investigated as it should be because, see, uh, how are these things, these things continue to go on is because uh, they, they they lie to the people. And I, I uh, saw this statement right now. I read a book that says, how do, you kill tw- how do you kill 12 million people? Well, you lie to them. That's a good point. I, you know, and I appreciate your candor. I, I love that Lynn got, got us together and that you're speaking out. I think the people in the chat really appreciate what you have to say too. And, uh, I think we probably have a little bit of differences on, on Trump, but I, I appreciate what you, what you have to say, because I think it's right on point. I think this is the whole point about even what we're talking about with the Un- United Nations. You put it beautifully that the issue is, you know, when we look even to the scriptures, we see in coming into the kingdom of God, the different kings of the nations bring uh, their crowns with them. They're, they're not all one nation. They're all separate. Again, this goes back to Acts seventeen twenty six. He set the boundaries of their habitations. So he's given jurisdiction for certain nations to rule, and those rulers of the people or those representatives in our, our form of government are to do that as ministers of God, and they're not to be, do, you know, having their hand in every little thing that goes on. They're, they're given specific authorities, and that is to be ministers of God, good ministers of God who mm-hmm. honors, honor God. And in some places, we they even continue that term. They call them the prime minister mm-hmm. or the minister of this or the minister of that. 
So there's a recognition that they are ministers before God. The problem is they've they've been so corrupted, they don't bring the evildoer, as Paul says in Romans 3, they don't bring the evildoer to to justice. They don't bear the sword against him. They're they're turning the sword now on those who are doing good. And that's a very dangerous place for us to be right now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it goes back to a couple of things you said is that uh – uh, you and I have a little bit of difference uh, between uh, about, about Trump. Well, that's what America's all about. A decision will be made uh, as of, of November the 3rd. And so uh, we, we're still having a conversation. That's the way it should be. And uh, we may agree to disagree, but when we take it to another level and I try to force you, you try to force me to do something that I yes. choose not to do, then that's what comes wrong. And, and even the, and God, he doesn't force anybody he tells them the consequences of what you do. And so there will be a reckoning uh, at some point in time. For it. It's like, a, uh, I can't remember the name of the show. It says, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And so we are, uh, are human beings that are supposed to rationalize things and think things out and work things out. But all of a sudden, when you start talking about doing a character assassination account, uh, a council, uh, what do you call it, a council cu- culture, all those kind of things, uh, you're destroying a person for no reason at all just because that they d- disagree with you. And, and you know, uh, why attack the person and not attack their ideas? Because, again, freedom of speech is being attacked. Christianity is being attacked. All these things are being attacked because there are those that say, well, I know better than you, and I want to rule over you. Well, no, uh, God uh, uh, made it that we would... Uh, all be the same, and in the in the promise, which is the Declaration of Independence, they talk about uh, uh, these God ordained rights, which means no government, no entity, no organization, no person has the right to take these unalienable rights away from a person. But we have people constantly right now saying, "Well, listen, I will decide uh, that I want to take your life, whether it's in the womb, outside the womb, whether you're guilty or innocent, uh, and I will decide uh, about your liberty." And uh, pursuit of happiness, for example, I'll give you an example. When they came out with the light bulb that they wanted to change, uh, my wife and I went out and bought a, bu- I bought a bunch of light bulbs and said, uh, this is our house. We paid the, the, the cost to be the boss of this house, so why are we going to allow somebody else to tell us what kind of light bulb burning our house? So that's the kind of condition that people have to have instead of going to the government and asking them. And when we know uh, all these things are going wrong in the government, we, the people, again, should decide what should or should not be, and it's by vote, by law, by all these kinds of things that uh, uh, should uh, the way it should be. Because in America, we have they say, well, we are a democracy. We're not a democracy. We are a republic. That's what we're, we're named. But we're acting more like a, a democracy right now, where uh, when 51 percent decide, the uh, um, the people, the minority, they don't have the same rights. But we all have the same rights, whether you're in the majority or the minority. And that's the way it should be. And uh, America is basically right now being destroyed from within because we've gotten away from the reason why this country was founded, found to be a Judeo-Christian uh, country. And the further we moved away from that, uh, you look at what happened with, uh, within the school system. Well, when we said uh, uh, God would be removed from the system, well, uh, look at uh, the anarchy uh, and all the things that have happened since that time. Uh, even t- talking about taking the Ten Commandments out of the court system. Well, our uh, our our court system is based upon straight out of the Bible. Yes, it is. Because Moses sat there 
uh, uh, ruling over, uh, uh, judging all the people. And his father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and said, why are you doing this? Why don't you break it, uh, have somebody else handle the minor laws? You handle the major laws. So that was, Moses was the Supreme Court, and then you broke it down to the rest of the, other, other, rest of the court system. And so uh, even though we are denying that system right now, that's what this country was found on, which came right out of the Bible. And so I think God has honored that. And when we walk away from that, then we have all of these situations come up. Yeah, I, I think the, the issue is, and, and I've often told people, I said, you know, the real founder, uh, if people want to get back to it, and it, it goes back into a lot of people, but the real founding father uh, of America who had the biggest influence was John Calvin. And out of that, you had uh, his influence on the Scottish Covenanters. You had him in the in the in the believers in England, those who came over in the Mayflower Compact, compact uh, the Mayflower ship, and set the Mayflower Compact together, and talked about uh, they were here for the advancement of the kingdom uh, and for the glory of God. Uh, they brought the Geneva Bible with Calvin's notes in there, and they established mm-hmm. that. And when we go back and we read in history the law, I just did this the other day, just mm-hmm. on the issue of sodomy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. America's embracing what the Supreme, uh, Supreme Court in 2006 told Texas, well, you can't have anti-sodomy laws. Well, who are you to be mm-hmm. ruling on that in the first place? You're limited in your scope of jurisdiction as to what you can rule on, too, and it isn't this. And so what the state of Texas should have told them was where they could shove their ruling and kept obeying the law. But they didn't do that, and it's just flourished. Um, we've allowed that to go on, and yet our state laws, they're still on the books. That it, many of them mm-hmm. even reference Leviticus over a, puni- a just punishment for it, not putting in jail. Mm-hmm. Some of them put them to hard work and hard labor and stuff like that, but they won't do it. Even South Carolina has a death penalty for sodomy. And who gave that? People want to argue with me and say, well, you just want people to die. No, I want people to repent and, and live long lives and, well, yeah. and glorify God. But in our state of South Carolina, Clarence, it, it's, it's like even Governor Nikki Haley wanted to let that go when they want to redefine marriage down there in Charleston and start handing out uh, marriage certificates. It's not that it's the state's job to be doing that. That's the job of the, of the church. Uh, but this is what we've seen. And we, you're exactly right. As we move further and further away from God and his word, and the people go, why do you talk about religion? We're talking about God's word. This, there's a big difference there. But let me show, let me show the audience this, and then I'm going to get your final thoughts because we need to close out the show. This was something that Lynn had sent in. This is how, because I asked you about BLM and the UN. And she said, sustainable development goals by the UN found in BLM. Number three is health. Number four is education. Number five is gender equality. Number 10 is reduced inequality. Number 11, sustainable cities, communities. Number 16, peace and justice. Number seven, well, we want peace and justice, but this is a twisted form of it, obviously. And number 17 is partnerships. And so we, we see these things developing. And this is, you know, one of the things that you're really speaking out to uh, today, uh, this whole BLM movement and, and the, the things that are associated with that. And I appreciate the candor that you brought with it. I think one of the things that you've said here that I appreciate the most is if we disagree, we can disagree peacefully with one another. We don't have to result to, to calling names and this, that, and the other. Uh, sadly, what I'm finding, even on the Trump side, is that you can't disagree with some of them without them just saying you're a communist you're a liberal you're the it's like what and all we do is really point back to the constitution or to the bible it's one or the other it's not our opinion 
we point back, we cite article, section, and clause, or the chapter and verse, or chapters mm-hmm. uh, of the scriptures. And that's where we go, that's what we try to be led by in those things. Uh, let me get your final comments on this, and then if you would be kind enough, tell people where they can find out more about you. Do you have a website or anything like that where they could contact you? Well, um, when we look at uh, what uh, America uh, was founded upon, it was founded upon the foundation of the Bible. And for me, that's why the country has had such great success is because that's what we have done. Yes. And when we veer away from it, God is a whosoever God. And so when people tell me that uh, uh, they're doing something uh, with actions uh, of what people do, and, and it's not based upon uh, the biblical words, I, uh, biblical text, uh, text of God's word, I know it's not going to last. Uh, I truly believe every word in the Bible. Uh, Amen. That, uh, it would it, it, it may, it's, it's truly spoken, although it not be not be spoken truly some of that. But God looked at mankind exactly the way He is, and He told him, "Here's my recovery plan, and we would we would love our neighbors as ourselves." And, uh, and when you talked about Sodom, I, I look at all the consequences of these things that America has done that go contrary to the Bible. Every time that it happens, there's a, there's a consequence. And so if we begin to look back at that, then we begin to realize that uh, God is the creator. He knows all things. And as mankind, we know some things, uh, but uh, we have to follow the word of God. For example, what I'm doing right now, uh, one of the things that I do is that uh, I do it according to what the word, word of God says. And uh, look at how it's transformed my life, uh, uh, leaving from the cotton fields of South Carolina, uh, walking through the cotton fields when I was three or four years of age, and my mother trying to pick cotton, to being uh, recognized by the governor of uh, the state of North Carolina and being re- recognized by the president. Well, it must be something that I'm uh, uh, doing that's right, and it's all about doing something peaceful, not about doing committing some kind of tyranny or anarchy. And so um, that's what, if we go back to the founding of America, we go back to uh, the belief in our creator and understand that uh, 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 Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Then we begin to understand this is a relationship with, with, a, with a live person, not with some uh, dead idol or something like that. And so uh, that's what has carried me through. I've just had the courage to stand up for what I believe, but without uh, me walking with God, and I haven't always done that. And when I did that, I was walking down the wrong road. And when I, when I walked with him, then I, that may be persecution. But in the end, uh, there was persecution with Jesus Christ. Everybody talked about um, That's exactly right. Sunday morning. Everybody talked about Sunday morning, but before there was Sunday morning, it was Good Friday. But then look where he sits right now, the right hand of God, because of what he went through. Yes, that's, a, so that's a good I, analogy. I just want to be a, I, I just want to be able to, when I stand before him, that he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful a few things. I'll make you rule over me. So, I, you know, this is temporary right here. Eternity is what I'm looking forward to. I will live so long as I live on this earth, but I will live in such a way that I will be with God when, the, when, it, when it's, I step on in eternity. And now, because there is a heaven, and there's really a real heaven, there's a real, but there's also a real hell. Yep. Amen. I, I, I completely agree with you. I appreciate your comments. You've been a delight to have on the show. We, I hope maybe you'll come back and uh, we can get in touch sure. with you. Send uh, 
let Lynn give you my contact information. Maybe we'll bring you on. Maybe when we get Zoom working properly, uh, we'll do that again. Great. Do you, do you got a? Do you? And, have, and my, go ahead. My uh, way of getting in touch with me is yeah. www.clarencehenderson.vpweb.com. Okay. com because I go across the country doing speaking engagements, trying to bring the country back to unity rather than the divide. .vpweb.com, is that correct? Did I get that right? right? .vpweb.com. Okay, all right. It wasn't, for whatever reason, it came up under search engine. That may be some, oh, I put it in wrong. I put a space in there. Mm-hmm. Well, Clarence, thank you so much and for either that you just Either that, you just Google my name because there's all kinds of things out there. Uh, yeah, I see uh, your Facebook and, and all of that too. Yep. Yeah. And okay. see, the thing about it is that I'm just an average older guy that, whose parents only have a very good education. I'm the only person in my immediate family graduated from college, but uh, because I've studied to show myself approved, and uh, a lot of things have happened in my life. Well, I think God honors those kinds of things. Uh, I was able to pull it yeah. up here. So, guys, we're going to have that link in the archives as well. And, uh, Clarence, again, you've been a delight to have on. It was refreshing to hear from your perspective there. And I think we're, in the, I think we're much more in agreement uh, because, you know, here's the thing. Here, here's what I've always said. If you have Christians together and they believe the Bible is the Word of God, not it might be, mm-hmm. or there are portions that are contradictory or stuff like this. They believe the Bible. We have everything that we ha- that we need together, despite our differences, despite our mm-hmm. th- different thinkings. We have everything that we need for uh, peace, godliness, and life within the within that text. We can reconcile with one another and with God through the Word of God, but only if we have mm-hmm. it as our foundation. If if there's somebody mm-hmm. that comes in and says, "I don't believe the Bible," okay, well then. We can't be reconciled uh-huh. with you because you're not reconciled with our Father. Uh-huh. Well, see, the key thing you said is that you and I both agree on the sanctity of life. Yes. That's where it begins. And then that I have the right to liberty and you have the right to liberty. And the pursuit of happiness, which means that I can pursue whatever I choose to pursue for so long as it's within the confines of what the law says. And so if we live by that, then everything will be all right because most people in America, again, as I said before, just want to be left alone. Amen. I say that all the time. I say, I can we could you just leave me alone? Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Quit trying to nitpick me for everything that you want to write a law on to support mm-hmm. the the system that's become very fascist. I mean, even the prison system, boy, we don't have time to get in all this. Mm-hmm. Even the prison system privatized. you got to have quotas. Therefore, you need to make different kinds of laws which right. don't adhere to God's law, and then they're willing and, to throw you in jail over it. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the famous words of, uh, uh, of Frederick Douglass, they said, what do you do with the Negro? He said, leave him alone, and he'll figure it out for himself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And there's not supposed to be one law for the police, one law for the people, one law for the black no. man, one law for the white man. It's we're supposed to have equal mm-hmm. protection under the law, and uh, and 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 God even tells us He says we're not even to have different laws for the foreigner mm-hmm. and for the native. We're to treat them as one another. Mm-hmm. And He says that to Israel, who had known what it was to be a slave in Egypt. He says, you know what this is mm-hmm. like. Why are you not treating one another kindly and according with, to law? Uh, Clarence, we appreciate your time this morning, brother. Uh, I hope you have a good day, and keep in touch with us again. We'll talk again, and you guys will be back again. Bradley will be on at 3 today, and I'm doing the streaming 
I'm sure I'm going to catch it over the uh, the, the thing here with YouTube. So I, I don't know what to what to do about that. They're they're just targeting the uh, the the, the um, uh, said the uh, Sons of Liberty YouTube channel. There, this is the second time that. Well, it's numerous times they've been pulling videos and all this other. So just hang in there with us. Uh, we'll have that up before it's news.com. Just letting you guys know that if you're watching, that's where the YouTube thing will be today, despite whatever happens. And uh, we hope to have Clarence back. And then 23 hours, actually 22 hours, we'll be back with you again. Okay, 6 a.m. tomorrow, Eastern Time. See ya.